It is Friday, September 15th, 2023. This is another edition of Baseball Today. That is my man, Trevor Ploof. I am Chris Rose, producer Dan, along for the ride as well. I am wearing a Pirates hat, not because Garrett Cole returns to the Steel City to face the team that drafted him number one overall, but rather because we are celebrating the 22nd anniversary of Roberto Clemente Day around Major League Baseball. It is a wonderful award that they give out. It is one that I know several people that have won it, and there is no higher honor in this sport, and that includes MVP, Cy Young, everything else. People, they are truly touched when they are the recipients of the Roberto Clemente Award. People have heard me say this on this show before, but Roberto Clemente has always been a favorite of mine. And this was before I knew anything about this award or any of his philanthropic work. It was based on his play. My dad always says the best baseball player he's ever seen. So I always love Roberto Clemente because my dad just, we, he didn't really ever say that about anybody except for him. Look at some of the guys, by the way, I'm just bringing up the Roberto Clemente recipients over the last year. uh, Justin Turner won it. But if you look at some of the guys who won it, not only just good dudes, but like great, great players. There's a handful of either Hall of Famers or future Hall of Famers on this list. Kershaw won it in 2012. Poppy the year before that. Jeter in 09. Pujols in 08. Craig Biggio won it. John Smoltz won it. Jim Tomei won it. Those are all Hall of Famers just in the last 20 years to be named recipient of the award. Yeah, it's amazing. It really, it really, you you are right about it. It's uh, one of the more pres- most prestigious awards you can yeah. get in the big leagues. All right. Um, speaking of awards, this is kind of an interesting... I didn't think we'd be talking about this, but here we are. The Texas Rangers have won six in a row after I cast them aside a week ago. But Trevor Plouffe said, don't you dare. Don't you dare, because their offense can go on a run, and he ain't lying. They have won six in a row, including a four-game sweep, up in Toronto, and you know who was back at it again in the first inning Thursday. He's extended a hitting streak now to four games. He hits this ball hard, deep out to right field. Biggio's back. He hit that a kilometer out there. Solo shot for Seager. And the Rangers jump out front, one nothing in the first. Okay, is there any shot whatsoever that Corey Seager bypasses Shohei and wins the AL MVP. Uh, no, there isn't. I know he's been going off and he leads the league in a lot of really important statistics right now, but he's nobody's catching Shohei. I believe right now he's like minus 10,000 to win the award or something like that. And Seager, for all he's done, like he's also missed a bunch of time this year. Now, if he was f- fully healthy throughout the season, maybe he'd be a little bit closer, but let's just not have like, let's not have our brains forget about who Shohei Otani is. I know the season ended abruptly. It's hasn't been great for him over the last month, but this is Shohei Otani. We're talking about the most talented baseball player that's ever lived ever. So no, I don't think he's, I don't think he's going to, I don't think anybody surpasses Shohei. I'm happy. We are shouting out Seager. He's had a great year so far. He's one dot in it. Uh, You know, he's got the counting stats, even though he doesn't have the games played, like his rate stats are nuts, but, he ain't catching Shohei. There's no chance, man. Can I at least make this argument? If the Rangers come back and win the West when we all thought they were dead after they no, have not lost. Not all of us. Okay, when I did. I'll raise my hand on that. I screwed that Thank up. You. That's fine. That's fine. I don't. I love being wrong for a situation like this. Um, 
But if they come back and win the West when some morons thought that they were dead, and he is the biggest reason why, even if he only plays 120 games this year, you don't think that some voters will be swayed in that direction? As to giving him MVP one votes? Yes. I don't. I don't. I mean, maybe someone from Dallas. <laughs> you know, like sometimes there's always something like that. Right. Uh, maybe someone, you know, wanting to make a point. But, I mean, even if he gets one AL MVP, one vote, that doesn't mean anything. Okay. Like Shohei's going to win the award. Uh, just some numbers out there. Seager, two more extra base hits last night. He's got 71 on the season in 103 games. For some perspective, that ties a career high. He also did it in 2016 when he won Rookie of the Year and finished third in the NL MVP voting. He played 157 games that year to get 71 extra base hits. A little more perspective. Shohei's got 78 extra base hits, but in 33 more games. Acuna, one more extra base hit. In 42 more games. Mookie Betts, six more extra base hits, but in about 35 more games. So Corey Seager, has, he has done it, dude. He has been lethal when he's been in the lineup. Don't make me say this. I don't want to put this line on you, but does he also pitch? No. Okay. Not that I've seen. That's it, man. I know I know it sounds <laughs> it's mundane and everyone's sick of it, but... We can't get Shohei fatigue. Like he's doing this. He's on par. You're talking about, is this guy going to win the MVP? Look what he's done statistically. Shohei's on par with this dude, but he's also an ace. There's no, there's, there's nothing out there. I just wanted to see if there was, I just wanted to see. I agree that Shohei will win the MVP and should win the MVP. I do believe that Seager has done enough to make people write things down and put numbers on a piece of paper and look at them and think about it. Do you think that that's happened? Do you think that people have started to think? No. Here, the, here's the number. Show has 44 homers to his 31. He's got more at-bats than him, but like not that many. 80 more at-bats than him. Right, he's walked like, a lot. One dotting, on-base percentage is higher. Like everything, I mean, the, he's on par or better than Corey Seager in all of these stats, man. I can't, I can't. Pitch. Okay, all right. I just wanted to and see where 20, and Shohei had 20 swipes. Shohei Otani had 20 swipes. I, I just wanted to see where your head was. I'm not trying to say, because I, I agree with you. I just wanted to see where your head was. Okay. So now let's talk about this. Tampa takes the first to four in Baltimore to close the gap to just one in the American League East. It's a big deal because the winner of the division is going to be the one seed and get the bye. The loser's still going to host a first round playoff series but you got to play the extra series you're going to be the four seed and if you win that you're going to be on the road in round two to start out with but this question is which team do you trust more for a deep october run the rays or the o's i feel like people are going to talk about a little bit of recency bias here um but i think i trust the rays more than the o's in the in the postseason. And I don't have I don't have great reasons for it, to be honest with you. I don't. I think both these teams are excellent teams. Clearly they're the the one and two in record in the American League. So they're both very good teams. I think with Felix Bautista not being out, that was a, a, a main part of why the Orioles are where they're at is because of what he can do at the back end of the game. They don't have a maybe they're saying maybe he might be back for some postseason stuff. That will be that would might change my mind. 
but I think the Rays do everything just a little bit better than the Orioles do. I think that their offense is a little bit more consistent. I think they have guys up and down the lineup. I'm not saying that Orioles offense is bad. It's not. And they have a bunch of guys that can pop you. But I think overall consistency in their lineup, I'm going to give it to the Rays. Overall consistency in the starting pitching staff, even though they've taken some lumps, I think it's still the Rays. Overall, an overall bullpen right now, with the way they're constructed, the way that what the Rays have been doing lately, I believe they're like on a 30 inning heater with no runs given up or something like that. You got to go with the Rays. So I'm, as we sit right now, I'm more confident in them than I am the Orioles. Although, again, I'll say that I think the Orioles are a great team. You're giving me the option here. And we're going to see, I mean, this weekend, one game down in the four game set, Rays took it to them. Uh, good job, Luke Rayleigh, right there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I'm choosing the Rays. I, too, am choosing the Rays for a bevy of reasons. So you talked about the bullpen. It's actually 34 consecutive innings without giving up an earned run. Pretty good. And you know what they do better than anybody? They find at least one bullpen piece a year that is just hovering in some other organization. You might not even know that person's name. And this year it's Robert Stevenson, right? Yeah. They plucked him. They plucked him. What was it? June, early June, maybe from Pittsburgh. June, and yep. he was, he was just a guy who had an ERA, I think over five or something. He has become an enormous high leverage situation, dude, on that team. I don't know how they find him. 20 years down the road, somebody should spill the beans on what they see in other teams' relievers that not even those teams find. So I'm just curious about that whole thing. Two other things. I like the top of the Tampa rotation better than I like Baltimore's. And I love the experience factor. If you just look at last night's starting lineups, the two teams, and Baltimore's offense has been awesome this year. They have two guys that have significant playoff at bats if any Aaron Hicks has 97 Adam Frazier's got 23 if you look at just the top three in the Rays order Yandy has 77 Brandon Lau has 113 Randy Rosarena has 105 to go with his 11 playoff homers that's just the top three forget about the rest of the dudes who've seen action in the postseason I'm a big believer in that I know it's not the end-all, be-all, because there are young teams that make a run without playoff experience. But if you're asking me why, that's the direction I'm going. Six of the 28 players on the roster for the Rays right now are drafted or amateur signed. Everybody else is maybe a free agent sign. Only a few are, like Eflin is that. Most of them are trades. I mean, don't Eflin's trade the, with the Rays. No, you're going to lose. You are losing. It's like sitting down at a blackjack table. It's just not happening for you. You know, Yandy you Diaz. Yandy Diaz traded from your Cleveland Guardians. He's you know. turned into a, a beast. Randy Rosarena traded from your Cardinals. He's a beast. Isaac Paredes, go look at his stats right now. I just did something on baseball today about him. Traded from Detroit. I mean, this, I mean, Harold Ramirez from the Cubs, uh, Luke Rayleigh from the Dodgers. I mean, it's crazy. It is crazy, and those are all guys who it feels like any team could have had. Yeah. Any team. There's those are not like big-name blockbuster trades. There's not one guy, when you mention that list, where you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe that other team had him because they were just kind of wallowing in mediocrity. They just weren't doing much, or they weren't getting an opportunity, or they just whatever. But you never 
That's not one of those names is the name where you went, God, I can't believe a team gave up on him. Their rotation, obviously Tyler Glass now. Zach Littell, who's been great for them. Hey, don't forget, don't forget Glass now was traded there. That's what I said. We know about the Glass now trade, yes. Right. Uh, I'm saying Littell. Waivers from Boston um, in May. Uh, Savale, we know about the trade. I mean, it's Fa- Fairbanks, who's been nasty, traded from Texas. Uh, there's just You just go up and down the line. It's crazy. Listen, don't trade with Texas. Just don't do it. With Tampa. With Tampa, don't mess with Texas. Except if you're the <laughs> Twins, you got Joe Ryan. That's good. That's true. You did get him. That was good. Hey, today's episode of Baseball Today is sponsored by our friends over at SeatGeek. You say, I have no idea what SeatGeek is. They are the number one ticketing app making buying tickets super simple. More than 28 million downloads. That's what has made them the best around. So easy instructions. Grab this. It's your phone. Go to the App Store. Download the SeatGeek app. Off you go. Why do you need it? Because there's more than 70,000 events every single day on SeatGeek. What does that include? Sports. We are in full swing. Two and a half weeks of the baseball season, then we get to the playoffs. NFL, college football, college basketball is not too far away. Hockey, NBA, soccer, it's all there. They also have concerts, festivals, oh so much more. And here's the cool thing. SeatGeek always wants to make sure you're getting the best deal possible. Anybody can see hey, this is an expensive ticket. It must be, I'm getting primo access here. No, 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 no. SeatGeek has a green dot and a red dot. The green dot means it's not the most expensive seat. It means it's the best deal, best seat for the one that money can buy. Red, that means, yo, slow your roll, partner. We don't think that you're getting the best deal possible. So they're looking out for you. On top of that, every ticket is backed by our buyer guarantee, and SeatGeek's the only site that lets you return tickets ahead of time of the event with swaps for future dates. And we got the hookup. You use the code word TODAY for 20 bucks off your first purchase at SeatGeek. That is $20 off your first purchase. Promo code TODAY. Click the link in the description to download the app. We'll see you at a game or a concert in the near future. Oh, Ploof, this one's for you. Don't be a homer. Give me a good reasoned explanation for this mlb.com gave us five reasons why the minnesota twins are a serious world series threat are they do you want to go over the five reasons they gave or do you want me just to answer the question if they're a legitimate i want you to answer let's not be parrots we don't have to take everything that they said but do you believe that there is serious world series threat Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, for a couple different reasons. Okay. And, and honestly, they're not great reasons, but I do think there's a chance. Now I'll, I'll even put a percentage on it because I think that's fair. I think, yes, they're a legitimate world series threat, but I'll put the percentages like a 25%. That's a good percentage. Pretty good. Right? Yes. Very good. Hi. Here are my reasons. I think when you break it all down, they have what it takes to win playoff series right now. They have good starting pitching and good starting pitching depth. They have that. Enough so they're going to have to kick a few guys to the bullpen. Now go to the bullpen. I mean, we're talking about a very, very good, 
you know, top three in their rotation. And you can go four or five deep with them. I think their starting pitching obviously has been a strong point for them, um, especially in the first half. But Pablo Lopez has really come on in the second half. Uh, Sonny Gray is continuing to do it. So this article mentions them as a one-two punch. I think that's accurate. Uh, the bullpen, for all its you know faults that it might have, I think once you get into the playoffs, we talk about this all the time, you can really pare it down. The back end of their bullpen has guys that have stuff and they can get the job done. You know, talking about Duran, we're talking about Jax, we're talking about you know, even guys like Theobar. Uh, hopefully, Brock Stewart is on the men. I think he could play a big part of it. Louis Varland is. I mentioned him on this show before. He's a, a starter for them. They put him in the bullpen now. He's throwing like a hundred miles an hour. Like he's had a few good instances out of the pen. Uh, I think one bad one, uh, but he's a, a guy who I can really see almost like um, the way like Eovaldi did for the Red Sox and like a Pavetta mm-hmm. did for the Red Sox, like some something like that role, like a piggyback start or like give me three or four strong innings out of the pens. So they have that guy. Uh, plus the back end is is legit. Duran is, is going to be very good. And the other reason is I think their offense can do it. They lead the big leagues in homers since the all-star break. They're able yeah. to hit homers. Their lineup, really, if you look at it, is pretty long. And it's young. The guys that are contributing are young. And I think that that could go one or two ways. In my mind, possibly if I was talking about another team, I would say, well, the young guys, the bright lights are going to be too much for them. The guys on the Twins, I don't think it's the case. Like Royce Lewis is made to play with the bright the bright lights. That is, he's the, a stud. He's the One biggest sec. reason. Yeah, Eddie Julian doesn't give a shit. This guy doesn't care who he's playing, what pitcher he's facing. He's really good. I think that Carlos Correa, I think, is going to be good in the playoffs, but it's going to go on Royce Lewis and Julian to be able to answer if they can continue to be who they are and who they've been that's going to be a massive advantage for the Twins because their, their lineup does become long if those guys keep producing. So I think they are. They really are. There's some. They're not as complete or as a sure thing as some other teams, but I'm not going to sit here and say there's no chance they win the World Series because that's just not factual. Well, I didn't even say win. I think I say just get there. Um, I wouldn't make them 25% to win the World Series. I would put it significantly lower just because I think I mean, I think Atlanta's getting there. Do you? Could be wrong. I do. I do. I mean, the Dodgers and the Phillies. Yeah, I think they'll get there. I mean, we'll we'll once we see the layout of the bracket, then we'll make our choices. But right now, why not? Uh, You mentioned the name Royce Lewis. That dude is a baller, and I think he is built for October. Built for October. There's always a young guy here or there that pops in that first playoff series, and he's a dude that can do it. So are there better teams in the American League? Yes. We just talked about Tampa. I think Tampa is definitely better. Um, And I think the Orioles are better. The rest of these teams, Houston, I think they're better. But I think those those are the only three that I would definitely say are better, and it's not by a wide margin. Who'd you name? Orioles, Tampa, and Houston. Yeah, those are the three that I would that I feel like are better. I think Texas, if they get in, and I'd love to see it. I do think the bullpen is a nightmare. Seattle, pretty good team. I'd be willing to listen on them. I think they're right there with Minnesota. To be honest with you, 
little more swing and miss than I like. Not as much homer pop as the Twins. Close, but not as much. And I think that I think Minnesota's got a shot. I really do. You're right about like Sonny Gray can match up with anybody. Lopez is is the guy. Like he's been great at times. He's also had some real stinkers. You know, that's it, but that's a good top two right there. So they're gonna have a shot. I think he'll win at least a playoff game. That's a big deal. If I had to rank the AL teams right now, and there's going to be six of them that make the playoffs. Uh-huh. I would put the Twins. Gosh, I have them fourth. That's, that's you have them fourth. Mm-hmm. You have them above the Rangers and the Mariners. I do. I think they're comparable to the Orioles. I really do. Could be. Yeah. I would. I would say Tampa and Houston are my two favorites out of the AL right now. I would agree with that. I would put Baltimore third, and I would put uh, Minnesota fourth, but not by much. I think I'm going Minnesota third in this. Yeah, and I don't. I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh. I think it's fine. That was a bad sound. Let's move over to the West Coast here. Giants still tied with Cincinnati and Arizona for that final NL wild card spot. Uh, but there was some off-field news. Uh, Susan Slusser of the San Francisco Chronicle reported that both Farhan Zaidi and Gabe Kapler are expected to return next season. In fact, Giants chairman Greg Johnson. He reiterated what he said about a month ago. He said, we could have opted out for next year. We didn't do that, which means Farhan is going to be around, both of them, through next season. Were you surprised there was that much discussion about both men's job security? A, a little bit because, I, you know, around baseball, I think both these guys are two of the more respected uh, people at their positions. I mean, Farhan, you talk to people about baseball operations. He's one of the top dogs that everyone calls to like this guy's been there done it all and as far as Gabe Kapler I think he's proven more than worthy in San Francisco that he's a good fit there and I think honestly I think if Philly would have given him some more time he would have been a good fit there I, I I like the way this guy manages I do and Giants fans might not agree with that at all times uh, but again I'll keep going back to look at how he's had to handle that rotation in San Francisco this year all those openers all those piggyback starts that is that's one of the things that a, a manager will have to do throughout a season that I think actually impacts the game is that, and he's had to do it a lot more more than anybody else in the league this year. So I think he deserves a lot of credit there. He also sets, sets just such a good example for guys. I, I don't know. I am a. I was a little shocked. Now I know the the results necessarily haven't been there. Uh, Gabe gets there in what in twenty twenty, they don't make the postseason. Uh, twenty twenty one, they win one hundred and seven games, but they lose to the Dodgers. Uh, which is tough. Uh, then in last year, um, third in the NOS, they missed the playoffs. This year, they're like kind of right there. So, you know, the results haven't been great, but I also put that on the ability for this team to attract free agents and oh. big-time free agents. They keep missing out on those guys. So it's not – I think if you go back into these off-seasons and you give – I mean, I don't know if Aaron Judge was ever really ever talking to them. I doubt, I doubt that was the case, that he was cons- really truly considering – them i think it was a leverage play uh but you know if carlos Correa goes over there and i understand like the statistics on the twins haven't been what they are but i think they are a move away from being like you know like they're doing well so yeah i was surprised when it was talked about like they were on the hot seat I well guess. let me ask you this 
right? We keep hearing that San Francisco could be a landing a destination for Shohei. If you're Shohei and you just look at the organization, what's your thought about it? I think it's just kind of meh, to be honest with you. It's like they've gotten guys who are stop gaps and good ball players, but you don't get super excited, right? Mitch Haniger, good ball player when he's out there. Ross Stripling hasn't done anything this year. He's going to opt into his deal. Sean Manaya, no idea what he is at this point of his career. Alex Wood keeps getting, you know, short-term deals up there. He's solid, but now he comes out of the bullpen these days or whatever. Like, I don't know what this organization is and what they specialize in. Zero idea. So if you're selling Shohei about your vision, what's the Giants' vision? I, I, yeah, I mean, it's a good point. Shohei, Shohei is going to require so much convincing to come places. Uh, you know, I think they could sell to other guys, but Shohei is that's interesting. But you, if you're Seattle, you have something to sell him, right? Like, I, I know what Seattle is. You can question about if they need to tinker with some of the pieces that are there, but I know what that team is all about. That is studly starting pitching. And we are built around one of the most exciting players in the league who's only going to get better at 22. I know that vision. Dodgers, here, take a look at what we've done. You know, Cubs have a little bit more of a sell job because they've got some moving pieces right now, but that would be interesting. And then some other teams out there, but I have no idea what this, bless you, I have no idea what the Giants are selling here. Zero. And that's why it doesn't shock me that, like Kapler, I think is kind of a victim of circumstance. I think that they pull. Aren't so all many managers pitchers. that? Yes, I think most of them are, if not all. Yeah, I mean that stuff. The game planning is decided hours in advance of first pitch. So when people get mad that he doesn't let so and so get through the lineup three times, that's not a Gabe Kapler move. Um, so I think a lot of the grief that he gets is predicated on discussions that the front office has with him before games. That's fine. Um, I just I have no idea what they are. Zero. I get that. Yeah, the identity, I guess, isn't there. I could yeah. see that. All right, last thing before we get out of here for the weekend on the podcast and the YouTube side of things, and a quick reminder, if you haven't downloaded the AMP app, do so on your iPhone. You get to join us every Monday through Friday. Then the show live showtime bounces around a little bit. That's why you got to check our social media. But we've built a great community. We love having the back and forth. When we're done with the podcast and YouTube side of things, we actually hang out for another half hour and talk to people, get questions, get some answers, whatever it is. It could be about baseball, other stuff. So make sure you join us there. But this last thing, we know that Shohei was on the cover of MLB The Show, but here's the reaction of him seeing himself. For some reason, I, I don't know if this came out for the first time yesterday or I don't know, but it, it's the animation of him, which is just freaking incredible out there. That is so cool. So my question to you is, would you rather be on the cover of a video game, just you, not animated like Shohei there, or would you like to be animated into a movie? Am I the star of the movie? Does it matter? Yeah, because I'll be the star of that cover. Okay. I think I'd take the cover of the of the video game. Especially if it's MLB the show, that thing is plastered everywhere. You know that they that, that's one of the highest selling video games. So I would take that for sure, no doubt. That would be 
it's an honor. I mean, the guys that have been on that cover are all exceptional ball players, to say the least. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be that would mean I was doing really well in my career, and things were looking mighty fine. And I get the video game on top of it. So yeah, I would take that. Yeah, I think though, I think that's fair. I will say this. Uh, you know, I told you earlier that I was uh, this week. I was in Mister Three Thousand and and Rebound for movies. I was. Do you remember the show Celebrity Deathmatch? Of course. Okay. Best damn, we were in Celebrity Deathmatch. Great show, know? by the way. An unbelievable show. Do you want to know how they killed me? Can I see? We don't have the video of it right no! now. No! I know. Bummer. But there I am standing next to Sally. By the way, I look good. It was probably 40 pounds ago. Good, solid hair, frosted tips, the whole bit with uh, Dibble and Rodney Pete. Um, so I would, I was incessantly talking, just wouldn't nonstop, you know, like those guys are all fighting and I am talking blah, 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 blah. So it's very realistic. They Mm -hmm. stuck like a pacifier in my mouth and I tried to keep talking and somehow I filled up and just like, uh, like a hot air balloon and I burst. That is good. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. And I'm now I'm thinking I need to buy a pacifier for you and just every once in a while just fucking throw it over there. Anything else you'd like to say? You're a superstar, dude. You know, when I got onto AMP, they were talking about you and how much they love you and the chat was going after it. And you're always like, uh, oh, nobody knows who I am. You're a freaking star, Chris. You're very sweet. Uh, so next Monday and Tuesday, Jolly Olive will be joining you. Quick reminder, I'll be off in Pittsburgh calling the Browns-Steelers game on Monday night. Uh, It's an honor to be doing that. It's an unfortunate reason. The legendary Jim Donovan, who's been calling Browns games since they came back in the league in 1999, is fighting the good fight against leukemia and needs a few weeks. And uh, I wish I wasn't doing this. Uh, It's always been a dream of mine, and I get to call the preseason package. I wish that that was enough. I don't want to be doing this, to be honest with you, because it would mean that Jim is healthy. But... um, they need some help, and so I'm going to try and do the best job I can, but it means I cannot be with you on Monday and Tuesday. I hope everybody understands. I will be back on Wednesday. Okay? For our one-of-a-kind producer, Dan Rohr, the uber-talented Trevor Plouffe, I am Chris Rose. We will see you Monday with Jolly Olive on Baseball Today.